the Five Star Zone with Rico Beard. Welcome to another edition of the Five Star Zone. Rico Beard, Evan Jenkins, back from his little mini vacay. Evan, hope you had a great weekend. And uh, I don't know if you noticed, but a couple things have happened and are happening right now. First of all, I got to give props to John Beeline. This man knows how to find work. I, I, I can appreciate the grind. It now appears, I don't think it's official yet, but it appears that he's gotten a job with the Detroit Pistons. Like John Beeline doesn't go away. He loves basketball. He's going to always be around basketball. Looks like the Pistons are going to hire him as some type of senior event, uh, advisor, player development role. Mad, mad props to John, man. He just keeps collecting checks. He keeps staying around basketball, and he keeps teaching young players the game. He got the raw deal in Cleveland, but like a cat, man, nine lives, he lands on his feet. Yeah, it, it's maybe the best job for him within the NBA game is working on player development, and especially this team where every guy seems to be 24 and younger. So it's like perfect for him. I always wondered if he would – try to go back to Michigan and be an assistant coach where he doesn't have all the pressure, but I think this is the perfect, perfect gig yeah. for him. Because he finds ways to to, to keep reinventing himself, and it, it's actually, I, I gotta think if Tom Izzo was sitting there a little bit jealous, like damn it, that's what I should have done, because you're around players, you're around basketball, but you don't have to worry about wins and losses. Your job is to develop the players. Your job is to get in there and kind of mentor them perfect gig for him i'm like this <laughs> smart congratulations to john beeline i always thought he was so underappreciated at michigan but it's good to see that the rest of basketball is truly taking advantage of everything that this man can offer because he has a lot to offer i think it's a win-win i think the pistons get it he doesn't have to move his family it's not like he needs the money but you know what he'll still keep collecting extra checks <laughs> evan I mean, seriously, this this is one of those you hear it all the time, but this truly is a win for both uh, both parties in this. Absolutely, because he's so well respected too. And I was just thinking, did he kind of he was kind of ahead of the curve of where basketball was trending towards when he first came to Michigan and you know shoot the three, live and die by the three. And now that's exactly what basketball's turned into. So he was really ahead of the curve in in that stance. Not only that, he was also ahead of the curve going out and getting transfers. Yeah. You you, you know, you look at the guy, especially Duncan Robinson coming in. I'm going to go find a guy in D3. I think he can help me in Division One. And people kind of snickered at that, too. I, everybody did, especially when Duncan's like, man, Duncan Robinson's in the draft. Like, where is he going? What oh, is I he know. Doing? And, and now look at him. Yeah, we all looked ridiculous. Seriously. Duncan Robinson never saw that type of success coming from him. Well, 10 years ago, he probably didn't have a role in the NBA. But where the NBA is today, he has a role on every single team. And he can be there for a long time. Right. I mean, like I look at him and I look at guys like Bryn Forbes. When you watched him in college, did you ever think not only would they be playing, but a key role on their teams. Well, and Brent, where did he come from? Like Cleveland State or something like that? I mean, he was a Lansing kid. He ended up going to Cleveland State. He transferred to Michigan State. Everybody thought it was just because, well, it's Denzel uh, Valentine's best friend. Right. So if that's the case, you know what? Izzo did Denzel a favor. Said, hey, take a look at my guy. 
Can you bring him back here for one or two years? Nah, talented. And he's still, I mean, what he's doing with the Bucks, yeah, he's going to have a nice little career as well. So I guess you never really know, and it's it's all about, yeah, that transfer stuff. And, yeah, but, yeah, you're right. Beeline was shooting the threes. He was doing a lot of different things. He was ahead of the curve. I'll, I'll give him that. And I think he I think he was a little too disconnected to be an actual NBA head coach. Yeah, I mean, well, and, and depending on the team, but that Cavaliers team had some vets that were not trying to relearn basketball. No. And and we know as well as anybody that if you've been in the NBA for 10 years and you're it, it's like you can't teach an old dog new tricks, you're not going to teach an old vet in the NBA the bounce pass anymore. You know what I mean? And and John Beeline preaches fundamentals and he's a phenomenal coach at that, but some people don't want that that they don't want to be tutored in that when they feel they've already been there. You know what I mean? They don't want to be talked yeah. to like kids or they don't know what they're doing when, hey, I've been here for 10 years, coach. You've been here for two months. You're, I'm going to do what I want to do. That's what got me here. So it was yeah, a bad he, fit. But I think this is a good fit because they are young guys that he probably, A, re- tried to recruit or went after or played against. And and I think it's, it's awesome. When I saw the news last night, I'm like, yeah, makes perfect sense. Yeah, because here's the thing, and on top of that, I'm sure the Cavaliers were looking like, who's this old white guy going to come in here and tell me what to do? You didn't play in the league. Right. Because I think that's a big I thing, mean, too, for some of the players, not or playing for a guy that played the game. And it's weird that that's like that because it's never been like that before. But now, I mean, you look at all the good coaches. I mean, I don't remember Rick Carlisle dribbling a basketball up and down the court, but he's a pretty damn good coach. Yeah. But he also has a pretty but, yeah. damn good player in Luka Doncic, too. But but yeah, I mean, but Carlisle also he, he's got the cred because he's been in the league. Yep. He's coached winning teams before, so that's what the NBA players now are like. Oh, who are you? Did you play in the league or have you had success? But if you're going to be a brand new coach, chances are they're not going to take to you because they don't know who you are. You're an outsider. They were just looking for a reason to get rid of him. They did, but good to see John Beeline bounce back on his feet. Doesn't that remind? The, doesn't that remind oh, you of a football coach we had here in Detroit and Matt Patricia? It's yeah. that same thing. Nobody respected him when he came in. He tried to change everything. It's the same deal. Yeah. Now apparently he's the heir apparent in New England. I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, think, <laughs> you know what? That's just the media searching for a story. Plain and simple. Exactly. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I mean, you know what? Maybe, maybe. Unless he does the full Bill Belichick, because that's what pe- Bill Belichick was an absolute disaster early in his career. Yeah. He went to Cleveland and fell flat on his face, went back, started working under Parcells. Parcells actually got him the Jets job. He quit that one and took the New England job like two days later. And the rest is kind of history. Yeah, I don't see but- lightning striking twice there in New England. <laughs> no, 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 no. But maybe... Maybe Belichick sees himself in Matt Patricia like, yeah, you made every mistake that I did in Cleveland. Come here. You're not done yet. Get back in the oven. I'm going to keep cooking you a little bit longer. <laughs> so we'll have to see about that. Uh, Evan, the other thing that happened, yesterday, if you were on social media, if you follow anything related to any college or schools or recruits, yesterday was – I don't even know if you call it Christmas. Yesterday, the dam broke. Yesterday was a game-changing day. The significance of July, I mean, June 1st, for the first time since March 2020, recruits were allowed on campus 
and can interact with coaching staffs. They can walk into the football building. Things got back to normal. And a lot of schools took advantage of that from they had midnight, uh, almost their versions of midnight practices where they would hold camps at midnight on June 1st just to be the first one in. Every school is doing something. Michigan State had a camp uh, where they had players come in. They had a cast tech contingency. Michigan's going to have a bunch of players in today. This is finally the time that college coaches have been looking forward to seeing getting all of these high school kids on campus, getting to see them. There's going to be all types of camps. Heck, um, I, I, I guess it's the the latest version of Sound Mind, Sound Body called a, the Michigan College Showcase. And, you know, it's going to be at Ferris State this weekend. Curtis Blackwell, one of the people behind this thing. And you, you got coaches who are going to be there. Well, a couple local guys, Jim Harbaugh, Mel Tucker, Chris Creighton, um, so Jim McElwain. You're going to have a lot of people there, a lot of kids there, a lot of guys going to be getting looked at. I'm quite sure both are going to bring their full staffs. Some of the best players, I'm sure, in the Midwest are going to be there. This is their chance to show what they got and try to get those scholarships, try to get on those teams. Now, the interesting thing is I think the game has changed when it comes to just giving out scholarships. Because, I mean, with the transfer portal, how hard are you looking at these kids? Or are you just trying to mm, build a relationship so that if they go to another school and it fails, they're still looking at you? So this is going to be an interesting summer <clears throat> because a lot of teams are going to develop a philosophy. Do you go the route of Mel Tucker? I just want a bunch of transfers. Or do you going to go the route of Jim Harbaugh? I want a lot of uh, high school players, and I want to try to develop my own guys. It's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. But, yeah, yesterday you got camps. And you also got uh, Michigan said they're going to be doing the satellite camps. Michigan State said they're going to be joining up with Wayne State, and they're going to do a camp with them. So the key now is to try to get maximum exposure for your school so that you can take a look and, and try to find those diamonds in the roughs. And you could also build the establishment uh, – continue to build relationship with the established players that are out there. Yeah, and my favorite part about this is we get to see Dad dressing up in the football uniform again. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah, so that's... pumped for those photos. To I mean, because you're right. If you were on social media yesterday and you follow anything college sports, you saw all these kids I, at Michigan State. What they host? Five kids that I saw all in one photo. Well, and, yeah, that was the Cast Tech contingent. So, okay. Yeah, that, that was the big Cast Tech and, uh, you know, you had, uh, I think, uh, Deion Walker, I believe is the, is the kid's name, is the big, that was the big name in there. But, yeah, you got the cast tech contingency going on. And, yeah, they're going to be traveling. They're going to be doing some stuff. Michigan's holding a, a Detroit day where they're going to get all the kids, top kids from Detroit to come in there and kind of show off the campus and say, hey, here we are, here we are. This is Michigan. You want to come here. You want to do this. You want to do that. And hey, to try to show you know show the the air quote love, we're showing you love, man. We love Detroit, so let's get all the Detroit people here. So that everybody's gonna try to get creative. Everybody's gonna try and do what they can do. I'm telling you, man. I still think the most boss move was the. Uh, I don't know if you noticed on 75. I think around six mile, Notre Dame has a billboard up. 
You know what? I did notice that, and I didn't think anything of it. Yeah. That's a billboard up of all people who are from the city of Detroit or, or around in this area saying, I chose Notre Dame, so should you, to go play football. Wow. So does it have That's the a- Spindler kid on there? Yeah. Wow. He's on there. Uh, uh, um, oh, geez, the, the guy that, uh, that, that, that Antonio got in trouble with, he's now in the league now. He got drafted. But, yeah, you're going to put all those kids on there. You're going to showcase. Mm-hmm. You're going to start seeing it's the best way to recruit without having to actually be there. Is Yeah, it's, it's, it's a pretty boss move. I thought – Okay, you know what? And Notre Dame did this because they can because of the name, image, and likeness thing. So maybe they had to pay these kids a couple of bucks and say, we're going to go to your hometowns and we're going to put up billboards with you guys on there. Congratulations. You know, and and let's see if this – because now if you're a top kid and you're driving past these things and you start seeing people that you know and you're like, wow, this guy went to Notre Dame and he made it to the league. Maybe I should give Notre Dame a second look. Maybe I should try to schedule a visit to Notre Dame. Boss move. Huge move. Love the move, Evan. It's a strong it's move. Like, and, and you know what? It's a cheap recruiting tour. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to spend that much to get a billboard up in Detroit on 75 in order to get these kids' eyes without – you don't even have to be there. You know what I'm saying? You're You're setting a tone in their mind without even ever saying hello to them. You know what I mean? It's perfect. But I was curious, how much is it going to impact Michigan State? They had a little shakeup, didn't they, with their player personnel director? Yeah, he. Uh, he I think he finally ended up, Scott Alego ended up in Kansas. Okay, and then they got and, Saeed Khalif, is that correct? Right, so yeah, they went and got the, the main guy, the, the, basically the director of player personnel for Wisconsin, and they brought him in to come and and do the same job at Michigan State. So, um, yeah, it, it was it was funny because all of a sudden uh, Scott Aligo just kind of disappeared, and you were like, hmm, maybe there's going to be some type of changes, some type of shakeup. And yeah, they're, they're bringing in Saeed from Wisconsin, but you know he's being from Wisconsin, they've landed a ton of Michigan players and and players from the Midwest. So. I don't think that that's a big reach. I think that Mel Tucker is still kind of tweaking, and Scott Alego went back to Kansas, and that's where he graduated from. So I don't know if it was one of those, I get to go back home, this is a job that I really couldn't turn down type of thing. So, you know, we'll have to see about that. But, yeah, he um definitely – he 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 went back, and I don't know exactly the role that he's in, but it, it, it was, I don't want to say it was a little bit of a shock, but I think Tucker is still tweaking, just like he's tweaking this roster, man. He's tweaking his lineups. He's tweaking everything to make sure that he's going to get, I guess, the best out of everybody and, and, and make sure he can put the best team out on the field. That's how I see it. So what exactly is the director of player personnel? Like, are they in charge of all recruiting? I'm trying to understand what exactly he does. Or is he just in charge of, like, is he a boss, kind of? Like, I'm trying to figure out what exactly he, he does. He is. No, by the way, it, it was uh, Dalen Hayes. That oh, was a kid. Yep. He was a five-star kid. He goes to Notre Dame. He gets drafted into the league, and he's up on that billboard. Now, the director of player personnel, 
the best way I can put it, he plays the role that Curtis Blackwell did at Michigan State when he was there. So he's like a liaison the, for Michigan State to get kids in, almost. He's the guy that coordinates recruiting. So look, think of him as the recruiting coach. I got all recruiting goes through me. I need to know the name of every kid. And when the coaching staff says, "Hey, I'm hey Evan, I'm looking for. I need a corner. I need this. Okay, you know what? We've been recruiting this guy. I think you should get in touch with this guy. Talk to him. Maybe we offer him. Let's try to get him up on campus. He's the person that organizes everything on campus, recruiting wise. Whether it's you know some type of camp, official visits, unofficial visits, trying to make sure that you can you, you talk to the key members of the family." It's your job to know everything about every recruit that comes through there. Right. Because, okay. yeah, so he's the top dog. You. It starts and ends with him. <clears throat> yeah. You're the director of player personnel. If we, sl- I mean, this is one of those, Evan, I'm the coach, and I'm a, how did I not know about this kid, Evan? Why didn't we offer this kid? Perfect. You better have a damn good reason why we didn't offer some kid if he's blowing up across the country and not just, oh, I haven't seen it. Also, hey, your job is. You're watching highlights. Now, you got a staff, but you're, you're breaking down film. You're watching highlights. You're watching huddle videos. You're watching YouTube clips. You're watching everything because not only do you got to go after the big boys, you got to find those diamonds in the rough, too. Guys that are sitting there that maybe can't afford camps because that's the other thing is not everybody can afford to go and go to all these camps and play on seven on seven teams. Some kids, let's just face it, they, they don't have the resources. But they're good. You got to find those kids. And now, with the rare, with the director of player personnel, you also have to maintain relationships in case these kids transfer. Yep. Now, okay. I think, I think you're going to start seeing a separate coach just for transferring, or a separate title, because that's asking a lot. Okay, I can follow them in high school, but you know what? If they go to another school, I'm going to hand off this file to the next person. Keep tabs on these guys. If they go someplace and they're not happy, just check to see if maybe they're still interested. Just, you know, shoot shoot them a congratulations every now and then, a a birthday card, something like that to let them know. We still haven't forgotten about you, and Michigan State or Michigan will always be an option because we really like what you're doing. So that's just how I see things going with, with, with this whole director of player personnel type of thing. But yeah, it's a lot. You you are in control of the lifeblood of the program. Well, he better be really good at names, I'll tell you that much. It is. I mean, <laughs> you can't I mean, run I, into I, somebody I look, out on the street and be like, oh, I know you, and we once recruited you. Oh, you're looking for a new school, but what is your name again? <laughs> you can't have that. You got to make everybody I, I, feel like they're family. You, you do. I, I mean, I remember watching a couple guys who that was their job. I mean, I got to see Curtis Blackwell up close and in personal, up close and in person. Uh, Chris Singletary, when he was at Michigan, did pretty much the same thing. He was in charge of recruiting, and I, I could say Chris knew talent. And Michigan has always brought in top recruits, but a lot of these guys never panned out. When Chris was there. They got talent. Now, the only problem was with Chris is you had coaching staffs that he had recruited for a certain staff, and then they flipped and got a new staff, and he signed, he kind of became the odd man out. But, yeah, it's their job. They're the salesmen. They got to be every place. You're right. They got to know the not, – they not only have to know the kids, they got to know the high school coaches, the, the assistant coaches, the parents, heck, the grandmamas, the cousins. 
whoever has a, an influence in that kid's life, your job is to know the relationship and, you know, what it is that it was going to take to land that kid. I mean, the story a long time ago was, uh, you know, when, when they talked about, uh, was it Andre? Was it? Yeah, I think it was Andre Rising. It was somebody in, in um, from Michigan State. Was it Andre? Was it Plaxico? But anyway, Nick Saban gets a case. You know, everybody's recruiting this kid. Nick Saban picks up a six-pack of beer, finds the kid's grandmother, goes into the garage, drinks beer with the grandmother. Next thing you know, the grandmother says, you're going to Michigan State to play for this guy. That's incredible. Yeah. So Nick Saban realized grandmama's calling the shots, and grandmama likes this beer. Let me go pick up a case of this, and boom, I'm going to sit there and convince grandmama why her son needs to come here. That's <laughs> and, brilliant. And that's how that's it's stories like that, Evan. It's 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 always it's, it, it boils down to the little things, especially when you have kids who I can choose between this school and this school. So now it's not what the schools can do for you. You're looking for reasons not to go to that school. I mean, right. you look at Mike Weber was a perfect example. Mike Weber could have gone to Michigan. He could have gone to Ohio State. He ended up choosing Ohio State. But, Evan, you could have done a 30 for 30 on what happened to Mike Weber in that final 12 to 24 hours. He basically committed, told both staffs he was committing there. He was torn. I remember they had a special signing up. The Detroit Public School had a special signing day ceremony, and he was like the jewel. We were all going to wait to see what he was going to choose. He didn't know. So, like, literally at, at 10 o'clock at night, he was a Wolverine. At 2 o'clock in the morning, he became a Buckeye. That morning when he woke back up, he was a Wolverine again. He was a Wolverine until all of a sudden uh, the, the uh, – Karan Higdon. Karan Higdon. Karan Higdon was supposed to go to Michigan, but Michigan told Karan Higdon, don't commit just yet hold off on your announcement send your letter later of course karan higdon his high school kid i'm excited from iowa i'm going to i'm going to university of michigan i'm about to make it big so what does he do puts it out on social media Hmm. what happens buckeye coaches see that hey mike didn't michigan say you're going to be their guy yeah who's this karan higdon kid what so guess what happened Due to timing, Weber now goes, he becomes a Buckeye. He changes at the last second. He's a Buckeye. And then after that, the Buckeye uh, running backs coach took a job in the pro. So that, that's the nature of the game. But at that point, Mike Weber had already signed. I think he and made the right choice, right? I think he made the right choice, but that, that's, that's really how it goes is you're starting to look for reasons. He was trying to find a reason why not to choose one of the schools. He could have been happy at either school. Yeah, they Michigan made that choice him easy like for him. Yeah, and when Michigan did that, that's like, oh, that's all. You know what? There's my reason right there. That's why I'm not choosing Michigan. You lied to me. And now he doesn't look feel like the bad guy. Because as I tell kids all the time, if you know where you want to go, make the choice and enjoy your life. A lot of kids want to, oh, I want to announce at the Army game or the Under Armour game. I want to do it on signing day. The problem with that, it's it's like any relationship. Evan, imagine you're back in high school and you got to choose your prom date, and you wait to the day of prom 
to let the girl know. You got a couple of girls out there thinking you could go, they're going to the prom with you. And you've made it up in your mind. I could have fun with girl A, girl B, or girl C. So now, man, how do I tell the other two that I can't go? You, you start building these relationships up, it gets harder. That's yep. always been my advice to kids. When you know where you want to go, pull the trigger and get out the game and go enjoy the rest of your senior year. Because every kid who drags this thing out to put on the hat and do the ceremony, they all say, like, it's it wears on you. You're so tired, and you didn't enjoy any of your senior year. Because when you go to McDonald's, you go to Burger King, you go down the street, you go to a basketball game, wherever you're at, people who know who you are, and they're constantly saying, hey, Evan, what school are you going to? Or, Evan, why don't you go to my school? You, you can't enjoy yourself because everybody's pulling on you. It's like in the movies, man. It really does happen. That every place you go, people are trying to sell you on why you should go to their favorite school. But if you just make that pick, hey, guys, I'm going to this school. I'm going to Notre Dame. I'm happy with Notre Dame. I love Brian Kelly. This, this is it. I'm done. They, they leave you alone. They may occasionally a coach may call and be like, hey, you still solid. Yep, I'm still solid. Go Irish. All right. Just wanted to make sure. Right. But other than that, you're fair game. I bet. I bet some kids you. they do really like the attention, though. Some kids you like the attention until you don't like the attention. It, exactly until it becomes too much, and you're just. But you I, don't realize how much attention you're going to garnish. Yeah, and that's only a. I mean, how much? I'm trying to think. Like, do they give attention to a three star compared to a five star when recruiting? Like, are they talking I mean, to them all the same? No, you no, Evan. You answered your own question. No, you're not a five star kid. You're gonna roll out the red carpet if they want to come up and visit on a on the spur of the moment. You're going that director of player personnel is gonna make sure we got everything lined up. The coach is gonna be here. You know, you're Mel Tucker and you were getting ready to go out of town on vacation to go up north. Nah, coach. Uh, you know, uh, Deion Walker's coming up from Cass Tech. He wants to see you. Guess what? Mel Tucker's canceling that trip. He's or either that he's sending his family ahead, yep. and I'll join you guys in a few hours because this kid wants to come because he's a five star kid. Three star kid says, "Hey, can I come up at the last second? Yeah, coach is going to be out of town, but he'll be back on Monday. So let's schedule it for Monday." Right. Five star okay. kid says, "I'm in town. Can I meet with coach? Um, you know what? Let me tell coach to turn around and come back." So yes, if it's a kid that's high up on your list now. That's the other thing. It's kind of like the NFL draft, how everybody says, we got our guy. Every college team has their own list of kids that they want. And you could have some three-star kids up there. And the coach thinks, I think this guy is just, you know, they, he's underrated. This guy is going to be a steal. So if, they, if you're a kid that's a top priority for them, yeah, they'll make a way to make sure they always bend over backwards for you. If you're a walk-on, if you're a – but yeah, if you're just you know a two or three star kid and they kind of like you, okay, you know we 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 will get to you when we get to you. But if you're a kid that they think you could be the crown jewel of the class, they're like Dylan Tatum, he's going to be that kid out of the state of Michigan. Probably going to decide between Michigan and Michigan State. He went to West Bloomfield. It's one of the reasons why a lot of people said that Harbaugh hired um, uh, um, um, Bellamy. Bellamy was because of, of the whole Donovan Edwards-Dylan Tatum combination. Donovan Edwards goes to Michigan, and he said one of the main reasons was, you know, his coach is going to be there. His coach is now there. 
Dylan Tatum, on the other hand, it, they thought it was a slam dunk that he was going to Michigan, but now he's postponed, and he's, you know, Mel Tucker is, is from what I can gather, is selling him like, you're going to be the jewel of my recruiting class. I'm making you number one priority, or Michigan's making you a priority, I'm making you number one priority. You're going to come here. I'm going to let you play the position that you want to play. You want to be a, a, a safety? You'll be a safety. You want to be a corner? You'll be a corner. You know, Michigan's telling you that they got hybrid positions for you. I'm promising you this. They're giving you that. So now Dylan Tatum is one of those guys that, yeah, they're going to treat him a little differently than other recruits. They're going to follow him. Like at, at this thing, at, at this camp, uh, at, at Ferris State, I'm sure everybody's going to be watching him. Everybody's going to want to get their hands on him and give him instruction to show him how, you know, he will fit in their program because he is that guy. He's probably going to be the number one player in the state of Michigan. That's that's what happens at these types of things. Yeah, I'm looking at him on 27 or 24-7 sports. So he, he's a running back right now for West Bloomfield. Is that right? He was the, he was the other running back with okay. Donovan Edwards. And if you saw the games – some said he was better than Donovan Edwards last year. Now, mm-hmm. Edwards was coming off of a bit of an injury, but yet Dylan Tatum was good. But he doesn't want to be a running back. He wants to be either a corner or a safety. I forgot okay. which one, but he wants to be a corner or a safety. And he's telling schools, if you recruit me, you're recruiting me for that position. I don't want to be a running back, which is smart because running backs, the, the shelf life is a Eat lot up. shorter. Yeah. yeah, than if you're a corner or a safety. And, and, and yeah, it's – Tucker has done enough to cause the kid to pause because everybody thought he was going to, he was supposed to commit in April. He said that his commitment video wasn't ready, but now he's dragging his feet a little bit, giving Michigan state extra time to kind of play catch up and overcome Michigan. So Michigan still has the Ron Bellamy card. That that was his coach, his high school coach for pretty much what 75% of his career in high school. So well, and then he's That's got gonna offers be an interesting watch. from everywhere, from Baylor to Georgia, to Notre Dame to Ohio State, Penn State, Purdue. I mean, you name it, USC, Utah, Wisconsin. I mean, they're all offering this kid. Yeah, so, he, he's that kid that he could pick up the phone and could go anywhere he wants. Miami. It's just so weird to me because I guess unless you grew up a super fan of Michigan or Michigan State, I don't know why you would stay in state. I just I don't get it. Well, I mean, I mean, it depends. Just that it's close by because here's – but, Evan, think about it. Why is a transfer portal like this? Because you get a lot of kids who go and play for West Virginia. They go and they go play for, you know, Texas Tech. And now you realize I'm buried on the depth chart. My family can't come and see all my games. Okay. Maybe I should move back home closer to home. Like it or not, everybody likes to look up in the stands and see people that they know. That's very true. It is. So when you go far away and you're sitting and you're all by yourself, I mean, it's why over a thousand kids are in the portal because a lot of kids will go to schools because it seems great until they realize they're far away. And and I mean, I, like one, it was, it was uh, Damon Webb ended up going to Ohio State. He was hell bent on going to LSU. LSU is like where every, I mean, all they do is put corners and safeties in the NFL. And you know what changed his mind? He had they they couldn't on his official visit they flew him out there but he wanted to go back and see it again but they can't fly him out there so they had to drive and that drive pretty much ended LSU's chances because he realized hopping on a flight 
Everything's only three hours away. You're good. Three, four hours away. When you got to drive, get up at four in the morning and high hit the road and you're going to be on the road for the next 12 to 16 hours, reality kicks in. And that's when you realize how far a place is. So, yeah, you get offers from all around. But sometimes you stay close to home because I know, like for him, he could go to Columbus and now his family can still just drive to see him and be there within four hours. All right. Well, you put good sense to it. It makes a lot of sense. I, I, I guess I'm just a different dude, but like Miami comes calling. That's going to be hard for me to say no. But different nah, my, kids. You're right. Miami's, Family's big for people. and Miami is cool. It's just one of those that, you know, it sounds great. But your freshman year, you're going to be lonely. Yeah. And if you're the type that needs to see your family, your family can't come see you every game. And you, let's face it, you're probably not playing either. So if you're not playing, you're the family, you got a business decision. Do I take Fridays off? to make sure I can make it in time for my son's game who's not playing or, you know, what do I do here? Or call, hey, son, the second you start playing, we'll be there. But for right now, good old mom and dad got to collect paychecks. We got to work. We got we to be able to pay for your other siblings to eat and do things. So, <laughs> you know, it, it sounds great. But when, yeah, when you work, when you, like for, for uh, Damon, Webb, Damon could get in the car, he could work on Friday, get in the car Saturday morning, and still make it in time for game day to see his son. Right. If his son is playing out at Arizona, then nah, you gotta either you gotta have some type of flight hookup, or you're not. You gotta tell tell me the games you want me to come and see, because then we'll build trips around those. Is what happens. So there's a little bit of a difference. A lot of players get homesick. That's why the portal over a thousand kids, Evan. No, you're exactly right. There's a lot of kids that aren't happy with where they're at. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll see. And uh, so yeah, and speaking of portals, man, I I still don't think Tucker is done. I think that if one or two kids are the right kids, he may. As a matter of fact, I got a tip yesterday that an Alabama transfer running back has Michigan State uh, on his first visit. Um, so Kalen Robinson. Running back from Alabama, because I was texting back and forth. The guy was like, well, you know, running back room is full, but he made a point like, yeah, but it can never be too full. You, you could always bring in more people, and if he's better than some of the people in there, well, he kind of kicks somebody out the room. So I say that to say I, I still don't think Tucker's done, I, and I think he's going to use the transfer portal as instant credibility, an instant way to get and feel the team out there to get this team better. So, Well, and this but, kid played as a true freshman at Bama, too. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, you play as a true freshman at Bama, you're something else, especially at running back. So, yeah, he's a little shorter. I think he's like 5'9". So he, he's that little, you know, that little guy. Yeah, he's 5'9", 190. Think, think like uh, Javon Ringer type. But, yeah, just, like I said, something to watch out for. But, yeah, as of now, camps are open, schools are open, and players are flooding in to get in front of their coaches and hope that they can get that scholarship offer. Interesting to see. I, I wonder how long it's going to take before a lot of these kids say they want to commit someplace. Are they just happy that they can do this and have they already known, or will they get wined and dined and, and wait to announce later on? So that's something. I, I, I have no clue on this one, Evan, so. 
But uh, before we go, what do you got for me? All right. So I was thinking about this one last night. So let's just say in a hypothetical situation, you and I are at the Breslin. It's an empty gym in Miles Bridges, Jason Richardson, and Shannon Brown. They all walk in, right? They're all in their prime. Who's winning that dunk Mm -hmm. contest? Jason Richardson. No doubt? Oh, no doubt. I mean, I, I'm sorry. I sh- maybe I should think about not <laughs> Jason I was, Richardson because I know Miles is so close to. He's a two footed jumper, just like Richardson, and I, I would just love to see that in their prime. What those guys could have done, and then Miles, Shannon Brown is. I mean, no, no slouch either when it comes to jumping. No, he he wasn't. And but Jason Richardson, it, to put it in perspective, Jason Richardson was kind of like Jordan. Miles Bridges was kind of like Dominique Wilkins. And back in the day, for those that don't remember, when people actually participated in the slam dunk contest, Jordan versus Dominique were must-watch slam dunk contests. They they traded the titles back and forth over the next, like, over three years. Dominique got one. I think Jordan got the other two. But Dominique did the power dunks. Oh, he was windmill every time and throwing it. He was trying to rip the rim off the backboard. Jordan is more finesse. Jason Richardson, yeah, his dunks, he, yeah, I, I, I would definitely give it to Jason Richardson. I like Shannon Brown. Uh, I remember he was in that uh, McDonald's All-American slam dunk where he took all, he ran, he literally left the gym and came out and, like, came running from the locker room to do, like, a, a free throw line dunk. I think he won that, or it was a spectacular dunk. But, yeah, if if I had to choose, I'd probably go Jason one, Miles two, and and Shannon Brown three. All right, I like it. Yeah, because I was going to say it was a toss up between Miles and uh, Jason Richardson. Now Miles, his first dunk contest wasn't anything that he would like to remember, but I mean, boy, those guys can fly. Yeah, Jay Rich, oh. something else. I remember, and yeah, he, he was, and most people forget that he he was on the national title team in two thousand. True yes, freshman. so that Final Four team, I'll never forget the front of the newspaper was him dunking because they would put on a little dunk contest at the end of their practice. And I'll never forget it. And then you saw what he did in the NBA when he went out there. He showed out. It was incredible. Yeah. He was, you know what, but yeah, but like, you know, another one, like Brandon Dawson. Oh, yeah. Brandon Dawson was a dunker because he probably, Brandon Dawson probably had the best dunk I've ever seen in a game. Which it one was, was that? at the University of Texas. Michigan State was starting to pull away from the game. They got a fast break. Denzel led the break, got all the way down, threw the ball high off the glass. Yes. Dawson comes in from behind and dunks, and I, I mean, every Spartan fan erupted. Every Spartan fan was like, oh, my God. I remember sitting in the living room was like, what did I just watch? Yeah, it, it was it – was, like something out of a movie. Like, yep, we got the lead. Denzel, I guess, told him it's coming up high. Get ready, get ready. And he catches it in full. He's already elevated, catches it, and just throws it down hard. I remember that. It was at Oh, Texas. yeah. And and what happened before that is Gary Harris had a dunk, and then Texas turned it over, and that's what happened. I'm watching it right yep. now. It's incredible. Yeah. Whoa. That probably was the best dunk that I've seen in game was that one. Yeah, because Dawson had the assist to Harris on a two-handed jam, and then Texas came back out of control, and then 
Yeah, it's incredible. Payne got the rebound. He outlet it to Valentine, and Valentine just throws it up, just flicks it off the backboard. He must have yeah, been yelling yeah. backboard the whole way down the floor. Oh, yeah, you can see he's yelling something, and he know They know that Denzel's going to give me something fancy, and this is going to go in the highlight reel. So that was probably the best in-game dunk that I've seen. Now, you know, the most significant was probably Mateen the Mopete right. against Iowa State because that that was the thing that kind of motivated them that got them over the hump to go to the to the final four. But that Duncan in game regular season, no, that, that was spectacular. He, he, I'm sure even Izzo probably wanted to yell and say quit hot dogging, but he had to sit there and be like, nah, that was pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah, that's something else. I, I, hopefully one day uh, they'll create a time machine and we can actually see that in person. Yeah, so. <laughs> so we'll see. All right, Evan, appreciate your time. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another edition of the Five Star Zone.